Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Tuesday, January 9th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready for the Tuesday NHL slate. A big slate as usual, 10 games, although there's been bigger cards on a Tuesday than this, but still 10 games, a big slate uh, as usual, and we'll be breaking it down momentarily. We'll also be looking back at the uh, Monday night games uh, as well to get things rolling. Uh, it was a light card last night, just four games, but you know, for the most part, four pretty entertaining games, starting at Madison Square Garden uh, with the Vancouver Canucks and the New York Rangers, uh, a 6-3 to three victory for the Vancouver Canucks. Very impressive. And what's great about Vancouver last night is that a lot of their goals weren't of the cheap variety. There were some really nice goals scored, particularly uh, Elias Pedersen uh, was just absolutely terrific with the one goal he scored. Just absolute skill uh, and stick handling and hands really to be able to finish like he did uh, in that uh, spot. Uh, he was great. Miller, of course, scores. We mentioned him on the show yesterday that JT Miller would want to play well going back to New York. He got on the scoreboard. Uh, it was a great game again for Quinn Hughes. Really, everyone for the Canucks had a really, really strong game uh, overall in that 6-3 to three, uh, victory last night. Hoaglander with two goals uh, as well, showing off what kind of forward depth this team is capable of. Besser gets a multiple-point game as well, three points for him. Uh, it was every, all hands on deck, no passengers. That's what Rick Tockett said after the game. Uh, and the New York Rangers, you know, they haven't had their best play the last month. Remember, they had that great October, pretty good November, and they've kind of been... Uh, meandering along a little bit here, really, since uh, the early part of December. Uh, but credit to the Canucks, 6-3 uh, to three win. That was a great game for me with the betting results. Vancouver, both, both teams to score uh, in the first period. The full game over cashes. So very, very excited to see all that come in. Uh, not as good of a game for me was Dallas-Minnesota. Uh, that one with the uh, for overs falling short. That's now two in a row that the uh, first period over falls short. But we are talking Minnesota and Nashville, so I still say we don't give up on it, but this is something to monitor that if we go another game or two with Dallas going under in the first period, we probably get off the bus, you know, maybe at that point. But uh, last night it was a really good road effort from the Stars. That's the main thing. It was time to set, settle down, hunker down defensively. They did that. Uh, Matthew Murray was very solid in net as well for the Stars. No question about that. Give him credit. Uh, a nice performance in a shutout effort, giving Scott Wedgwood a much-needed break. Uh, and the Stars, uh, a tight, low-scoring game for two periods, and then they uh, basically pulled away uh, and exploded for three goals in the third period. Uh, and a great uh, stat that uh, our resident Stars fan, and we'll see him on the show on Thursday, Matt Robinson mentioned, they, they have six, they've given up six power play goals this season on the penalty kill, Dallas on the road. They've scored six shorthanded goals this season yep. on the road, the Dallas Stars. That's pretty remarkable. That's pretty crazy when you think about it. They've only given up six power play goals on the road this season, and they've scored six shorties away from home this year, the Dallas Stars. So pretty crazy stuff there. Very nice 4 to nothing win for them last night over the Minnesota Wild. Uh, the Keystone State rivalry, 4-1 Pittsburgh, but that was overshadowed by the news of a rather shocking trade. And it's not so shocking if we had known along with the Flyers and the teams that they were negotiating with what was going on. But certainly a little surprising that the reason for the trade, 
Of course, Cutter Gauthier going to Anaheim in exchange for Jamie Drysdale and a second-round pick. And the reason was Cutter Gauthier refused to play for the Philadelphia Flyers. We've got an Eric Lindros part two uh, going on a little bit uh, here with uh, Cutter Gauthier. So uh, Keith Jones, when he was talking about this trade, and Danny Briere as well, they both said it. If you don't want to be a Flyer, you're not going to be here, and you're not going to be a Flyer. Uh, and that's exactly why this trade was made uh, with uh, Anaheim. What I love about, look, there's obviously nothing the Flyers could have said or could have done to change his mind. He obviously had no interest playing here. And there's a variety of reasons floating around uh, that I've read that uh, the Tortorella was an issue with this kid, um, that he didn't love the direction of the franchise. I even see some crazy shit about Danny Breer being a rookie GM, and that bothered Cutter Gauthier. So it's just like, it's it's really, really odd. And I hope none of that is true, because if those are the reasons that you're giving up and saying, I don't want to be here is because you're afraid of a little tough love, a little hard coaching from Tortorella. And you're, and you don't like that. There's a first year GM in the, in the, in the mix (laughs) running the ship. I mean, my goodness, talk about soft, talk about, you know, just uh, character issues, flaws with just what kind of mental toughness this kid has. Seriously. I mean, I've, I've, I've really got those questions now about him. Now, this is not to say he, can't be a phenomenal hockey player, have a great career. We know he's incredibly skilled, and we know he had a great World Junior Hockey Championship just now for the gold medal winning U.S. team. But my goodness, I mean, these concerns here, these are very valid, you know, character concerns for him uh, as he makes this uh, transition now to Anaheim after this trade. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Now, I know Philadelphia has had their bad, bad way, but this team drafted you. And I'm one of those people that if I'm in that kid's shoes, I'm grateful to any hockey team. And I'm grateful to any team in the National Hockey League that drafts me and I feel honored. I'd feel disrespectful to just this team drafted me, thought that highly of me that I'm just going to say, nope, I don't want to play a single game with you. I don't want to wear that jersey. I, I, I feel morally and from a ethical standpoint with just the kind of character and the kind of the, I'd want to be a good a, a good character, someone that some uh, the team could rely on to be uh, a good in the dressing room, good character guy uh, with the team, and to just say, you know what, this is a team you thought highly of me to draft me in the first round, and now I'm just not going to play for you. Yeah, it does ring a little ungrateful, as as Greg says in the chat, just a little bit here. So uh, I'm definitely concerned about Cutter Gauthier's character. Now, again, this could maybe not impact him on the ice at all because we know the skill and the ability to be a game-breaker at the NHL level, there's that kind of upside for him, but definitely soured on what kind of you know characteristics he has going for him right now after what we saw, uh, heard yesterday with that trade. On the flip side, Jamie Drysdale is a great addition. We've sung his praises all season. He's a right shot defenseman. He's exactly what Philadelphia needs. Uh, now he has had some injury concerns, and that 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 is a growing issue for Drysdale. He's had multiple injuries that's kept him out, but. Hopefully he stays healthy, and if he does, he's going to have a very good NHL career, and I love that the Flyers were able to get him uh, in return in that uh, deal uh, last night. And I love the way Jonesy phrased it in the interview. Yeah, If you don't want to be a Flyer, you're not going to be a Flyer. Simple as that. And they made a great trade here, in my opinion, because they got him at the pinnacle of value because he's coming off that great World Junior performance. If you fuck around and you wait around, the value is going to decrease. You're not going to be able to get a Jamie Drysdale back in return for Cutter Gauthier if you wait two, three months from now. So a great job by the Flyers to get on this right away, get this trade done and get a great player in return. 
No question about that. And then the uh, last game on the card was Boston, Colorado. Great game. Uh, back and forth it went. Uh, very good game again for me here. First period over. Both teams to score first period. Colorado team total with the shootout victory. And, of course, the best bet with over six for the show last night with Bruins and Avs. Really good game. Marshawn was great for Boston. I thought they got outplayed, but Swayman kept them in it. And then Colorado got the win in the uh, shootout 4-3. And, by the way, Jack Edwards, I don't want to pile on the guy. Because, you know, we, I think he's got some health issues. There's no doubt. You listen to him. He's yeah. got he's had a stroke or he's had, he had something behind the scenes is health-wise is causing him to speak like that. In slow motion, that slurred, slow, staggered speech of his. But that doesn't mean excuse him from being able to pronounce a guy's name correctly. Every play-by-play guy gets the pronunciation guide prior to the season. Jack, use it. Use it. You shouldn't. I shouldn't be here in nine million times last night. Valeri Nishushkin all fucking night long. I shouldn't be hearing that. It's not that difficult. You look at the spelling of the last name, it's pronounced exactly as it's spelled. Nichushkin. Okay? Nichushkin, man. It's not it's not complicated. I mean, he's saying Nish, Nishushkin all night long. It's like driving me nuts. My goodness. Just pronounce it like it's spelled, and you won't have any issues. Anyway, Colorado, nice win. Bounce back after the loss to Florida. And uh, Bruins kind of up and down. And Alex, uh, we'll get your thoughts now on last night. Bruins playing some track meets all of a sudden. That's three overs in a row for them lately. And they're playing with a lot more pace. And clearly they're, they're scoring as well right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, this happens with teams where they have to kind of, you know, go through the motions and maybe play a little bit uncharacteristic or, or a bit out of style. Uh, and, you know, this is a team that's built to play track meet hockey. They can go run and gun with the best of them, especially on, on offense. But that's just not the style that they're usually wanting to play, especially when they're dictating the pace. So, uh, you know, that's the, the the thing at least you have with this team is at least you can hang around in a game with Colorado and take it to overtime in a shootout. You're not getting blown out if, if these back and forth paces. So it's not the worst thing in the world for Boston. You know, and and maybe get get that offense rolling. Get some, you know, some of those bottom line guys to start, you know, chipping in some more goals. Get some some uh, just, you know, scoring throughout the lineup in, in some of these kind of contests. And it's interesting that they're playing, uh, you know, a game tonight against Arizona team where we'll be talking about some overs. But that was definitely a fun game, and I'm glad that you talked me into it. Like I said, I was kind of going to wait. And, uh, you know, grab those first period full game overs with that contest in game as well. And bet them beforehand, cash both and also grab the first period, both teams to source score. So I'll give you credit, Ian, for that. Uh, most definitely Minnesota, Dallas, that game was, was, you know, a weird one because that should have really been two, two at the end of 20. And I'm not saying that because I had the first period where I had both teams to score. You see Minnesota, Minnesota should have came out of there, honestly, really with a lead. To be honest, they were peppering Murray and had tons of chances. They had three power plays they had 50 seconds with a five on three in that first period. And they just could not capitalize. Uh, and, and, you know, they just kind of ran out of steam. And we're going to see that now. That's kind of the, the John Hines uh, system, right? You talk about, you know, everything's defense. They want to shut things down later. But if they can't get offense rolling early. Then they kind of seem to get frustrated with themselves. And now all of a sudden they're, you know, behind the eight ball, they're playing a goal down, two goals down, and now they want to get into that defensive shell. Well, they don't have the offense to just click, you know, turn it on and all of a sudden get a goal to come back, get two goals to come back and, and tie a game. So that's a, a problem moving forward with, with Minnesota. And this is a team now you kind of want to circle them with first period things for a different reason because they have to get things rolling in the first period. Otherwise, they may not get things rolling at all. So – you know, now this is a team where maybe you start looking at things more in-game. 
uh, especially when you start looking at sides. Maybe uh, if you like them, you want to try and wait for them to give up that first goal and then hope that they can come back early in the contest and grab a plus price. Or, or you're looking for, you know, first period over, and then you want to, you know, adjust and grab a full game under. Uh, so so those are things that we're seeing now from, from Minnesota. And then to kind of go, just go back with, with the whole the trade situation with Philly and Anaheim. Everybody can say that, you know, okay, he, he's, you know, a, a spoiled brat or he's ungrateful for the team he's drafted. The only people who can't say that are Flyers fans. Because, I'm sorry, the Flyers, did you guys not benefit from the same thing? Eric Lindros is a piece of shit because he didn't want to play with the Quebec Nordiques. So you have this giant trade, and now he goes to Philly. They get all these different assets that they don't even really get to utilize. That ends up being Colorado's fortune because the team that's moved once Forsberg's fully ready, once Sockets ready, and once that team, uh, you know, built themselves in, into, uh, you know, a monster in the NHL. So, I mean, you guys are now just kind of, you know, tasting your own medicine 30 years later. So uh, I have no sympathy as far as what the Flyers fans go. This is the way that things go. Now, as far as Gauthier and, and not wanting to play with the team, you know, that's something that, you know, you should have been ex- talked about before. Like I said, I, we were talking about it off air. I had heard rumblings about that he didn't want to be with the Flyers, even though that's where he'd been projected uh, right before the draft. So, it, you know, you have all these different meetings and, and different things. If there was something where he felt that he didn't connect with Briere or, or, or connect with with anybody in that organization, that should have been talked about before he was even drafted, in my opinion. Based on if, if, if I'm hearing that rumbling and I'm not somebody who's tied in tight with junior hockey or, or, or the draft necessarily. And even I was hearing that. And now here we are. OK, you got to go on and make this move. So why even draft him in the first place? So the whole thing just seems to be strange. But like you said, they've now been able to benefit from it. They got a good player uh, back in Drysdale. Hopefully Gauthier can, can shine in Anaheim and, and, and he feels comfortable playing there. And, you know, some people just don't want to play in certain places. Eli Manning did it. Eli Manning did not want to be a San Diego Charger. He wanted to be a New York Giant. Worked out pretty well for him with his two Super Bowl runs. Worked out pretty well for Eric Lindros being in, in, in Philadelphia the majority of his career. So maybe it works out for Gauthier and Anaheim. We'll see. Yep, it might. And uh, like I say, he's got his reasons. Uh, like I say, I, I don't think I'd allow myself to have, you know, enough concerns and ne- and negative thoughts about me playing for a certain city and organization to where I would request wanting out. Uh, but that's obviously what he decided to do. At the same point, there is some truth to what you said about especially the flyer fans that are our age, you know, 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old. I can't hear you scream and yell too much about, Oh, this guy's a a disgrace. He doesn't want to play for us. When you benefited from Eric Lindros, not wanting to play for the Quebec Nordique in the early nineties and getting dealt to the uh, Philadelphia flyers. And you benefited from that. So uh, yeah, exactly. 30 years later. Now you see what it's like to have the shoe on the other foot uh, essentially here. Uh, with this uh, situation. But, um, you know, what I do like from a flyer standpoint is, you know, stop being so angry. Now, look, obviously, when he plays his first game in Philadelphia, Gauthier, he's going to hear hear it. There's no question oh, about God. that. It's uh, going to yes. be a very oh, intense, yes. angry environment. There is no question about, especially in that city. Uh, and that's uh, going to be evident. But I want them to focus on, and the fans to focus on what they got in return. And they got a very good defenseman in Jamie Drysdale that I think is going to be a, help them and make them a lot better blue line uh, for many years to come. All right, let's see if we can make ourselves uh, a little bit more uh, wealthier in the uh, night to come in the NHL on this Tuesday night. We will start with Seattle and Buffalo. Uh, the Sabres minus 115 home favorites, six the total. Here in this game, of course, the Buffalo Sabres coming off a rare back-to-back wins 
for only the second time this season as they follow up a 6-1 win against Montreal on the road with a 3-1 win at Pittsburgh uh, on the road Saturday. So, like I said, a very rare back-to-back wins for this Buffalo Sabres team. Sabres team that actually has yet to defeat the Seattle Kraken since the Kraken entered the NHL. Seattle's actually 4-0. Uh, against the uh, Buffalo Sabres. We'll see if that uh, trend continues here in this game. Look at this Seattle team, though, uh, during this win streak. Six wins in a row, all six under the total, and it's all been because of the uh, absolutely spectacular goaltending of Joey Decord, who has been absolutely uh, phenomenal here for the uh, uh, Seattle Kraken uh, during this win streak. Of course, he's gotten all the starts with uh, – uh, Philip Grubauer on IR. Grubauer remains on IR. Now, we don't have goalie confirmations, but pretty sure we're going to see Decord and Levi. I'm telling you what, this has got that feel to me, especially with Levi playing a little bit better the last couple starts, where this is your Ian Cameron likes the under, so it goes over game of the night. But I'm honestly lean under. I do. I, I Obviously, Seattle, you can't bet over right now. They have tightened it up. They're leaning on the goaltending and their defensive play, but mostly their goaltending. And that is evident how well he is playing right now, uh, Joey Decord. Uh, Buffalo is an inconsistent team offensively. Yeah, they can put up six against Montreal, but let's not forget they also only scored one against a bad Ottawa defense and three against Pittsburgh the other night. One of those, I think, was an empty net goal. So we don't always trust the Sabres to light it up night in and night out. So, yeah, this does feel like an under to me, especially with the goalies in better form. Levi, the last couple games, has been uh, better. But especially Decord, I mean, my goodness, 958 save percentage for Joey Decord in the last nine games. I mean, that is, you can't do much better than that. 958 is an insanely good save percentage. So for me, it's a lean under. Maybe I sprinkle the draw as well uh, in this. I could see a case for it, but uh, it'll be a light draw. There's some other games I'd prefer that bet more than this one. So light opinions, lean under, maybe a small draw bet, nothing besides that. Uh, What do you think here, Alex? Seattle, Buffalo. Yeah, I bet uh, Seattle yesterday. I actually got even money. Like I said, anything in the, in the pick'em range, this is a spot to buy on. This is a cracking team worth buying on right now, and I'm certainly happy to see it. Somebody who uh, thought this team could make a run, you know, for the cup at the beginning of the year, and I got a bunch of different futures. I don't really think any of them are, you know, going to be cashing in, but certainly they have life now. Uh, and, and this is a great run. Like I said, Joey Decord has been lights out. and He's a guy worth backing at this price right now. And you mentioned about how Buffalo they have yet to beat Seattle in, uh, in the four meetings previous. So I think they make it five in a row. Let's go with uh, Seattle on the money line. Sabres have won now two in a row twice, but have yet to win three in a row this season. And that is obviously, yeah, for me, Seattle are pass as well. Um, I don't know why I'm not betting Seattle, honestly, here. It's just for some reason it's a pit in my gut feel that I don't know um, that maybe Buffalo can get on a little heater because I know the talent's there, but uh, I'm certainly not betting them against this red hot Seattle team uh, right now. There's no question about that. And, you know, for props, I wouldn't do much here. Uh, Maybe a sprinkle on Quinn, but I'm not going to go nuts with Buffalo props in a game where uh, against a team that's given up what one goal or less to the opposition in five of their last six games. It's not exactly a a run and bet player props type of scenario here. Uh, On the Seattle side, uh, you look at it, you know, there's definitely multiple uh, options. I like Tatar as long as he remains up on the uh, top line. You know, there's definitely some value with uh, with his props at the moment. But, uh, you know, Bjorkstrand's probably an off member. Bjorkstrand's the uh, uh, all-star candidate, the number one all-star candidate for 
uh, Seattle as well. So keep that in mind. But yeah, Tatar still with Beniers and Eberly, so I don't mind looking in his direction again as far as player props in this one. All right, L.A., Tampa Bay, uh, Kings minus 135, road favorites, six the total here in this one. Uh, should be an interesting matchup here. You've got obviously the Tampa Bay Lightning at home where they've been better this year, 11-5-3 than they've been on the road. Uh, but you've also got the Kings on the road where they've been much better than they've been at home, 13-3-1. However, they are coming off a rare road loss to begin this road trip on Sunday against Washington, 4-3 for their fifth straight loss overall. You know, tough sledding right now for this Kings team. Let's call it like we see it. It's been uh, very, very tough for them here these last five games. And really, it's been a product of different things. Um, you know, their defensive games just slipped ever so slightly. I'd say Cam Talbot's game for the first time this year has slipped uh, ever so slightly as well. Uh, and the offense has been pretty quiet. You know, they are held to two goals or less in the first three losses during the losing skid. Now, they did score three against Detroit and Washington, but giving up four is the reason they lost both of those games, weren't able to outscore their issues. He got Tampa off a blowout loss to Boston. John Cooper lost his shit on the bench about a penalty call in that game. So it was pretty dismal for Tampa Bay. Uh, in that 7-3 loss to Boston. We talked about that, though, uh, all season, really, that Tampa's been a lot worse on the road. Now they return home off a bad loss. You'd think they're going to bring it. You would think the Kings are going to bring it, too, desperation, because they need to snap this losing streak. But, you know, L.A. was laying minus one, you know, what was it, minus 160 or so to minus 180 against Washington. They're still laying a pretty, you know, sizable number here. And Tampa, say what you will about Tampa, they're flawed this year compared to past years. They're still, in my opinion, better than Washington. So I'm not really ready to trust the Kings here, minus 135 road favorites. Um, but do I want to bet uh, Tampa Bay against this Kings team? I still think Kings are a better team, and Kings have still been very good on the road this year. So I'm, I'm really passing on this game, to be honest. Not a whole lot for me. Uh, with this matchup with the uh, Kings and the Lightning. There's better games on the board for me betting-wise. Good game to watch. I do want to separate the two. Just because I don't love it betting-wise, this is a great game to watch, fascinating game to watch, and I will be. But betting-wise, it's a little tricky, at least for me. Uh, Alex, how about you with this one, Kings-Lightning? So there's two games that I really love, the first period over and full game overs uh, combined in this, in, in, in this card, and this is one of them. Nine and two to the first period over with Tampa Bay and LA, and Tampa Bay has dominated the Kings uh, going back in, in history. And this is definitely feels like it could be a spot where it's just an up and down battle. You said Kings are, are struggling right now. You got Tampa Bay returning home, so these are both uh, kind of spots where I'm staying away from a side because I think the sides kind of cancel each other out. But I love the first period over, only laying a dollar thirty with that one and a half, and I love the full game over six, laying a dollar twenty. I thought we would be getting some six and a halves here, so. Uh, being able to get a six at a, at a reasonable pick and price, definitely on board with that. So like the over first period and over full game, not on both teams to score in the first period because that trend we've been seeing, like I said, it's been, it's been one-sided with Tampa Bay, uh, even the start of some of these contests. So I'm not playing that. I'm just only playing the first period over. All right, there you go. First uh, period. Now, is that nine and two to the over in each of their last 11 games or nine and two to the over with the head-to-head? But the head-to-head head 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 meeting, that's, yeah, nine to two head-to-head meeting, last eleven meetings. There you go. That's that's actually what I thought it was. Yeah, just uh, clarify. Yeah, nine and two to the over in the first period. The last eleven head-to-head meetings between the Kings and the Lightning. So there you yeah. go. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's definitely something worth uh, riding. And it kind of feels like a game where we know when the Kings can play a low-scoring game, but they got to get going. They got they need a win. I expect aggression. You'd expect Tampa Bay to feel the same way after getting bombed in Beantown uh, on uh, Saturday night. So. The, 
first period over, I could definitely make a case for that. And maybe even a both teams to score first period uh, might be look, worth a look there in that game. Uh, the props in this game uh, for the Kings, um, you know, you got to look at, uh, I'll say this about the Kings. Fiala's really starting to heat up for them. Uh, we know Byfield, Kopitar, Kempe, Moore, they've all been chipping in at a point in time, but I don't know if there's anyone in better form at the moment than Fiala. Fiala with two goals against Washington, three in the last four games. So there's an option there as far as props on the uh, uh, L.A. side. If you're going to look at um, Tampa Bay, obviously, you know, Kucherov, Point, and Stamkos, you could, you, there's no shame in looking at either any of them. But uh, I'll mention uh, Mikey Asimon again on the second line. Uh, he's gotten some chances. Brandon Hagel, by the way, with three points in the last four games. So there's a couple to maybe consider here for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Cuban likes Philip Deneau, plus 330. Uh, we'll see if uh, he can get that uh, going for them tonight offensively. Um, but again, this should be a good game. Two desperate teams in action. All right, San Jose, Toronto. Uh, back to back for these two teams head to head in San Jose to uh, Saturday night. And then they both make the trip back to Toronto for the uh, back end of this home and home series, Sharks and Leafs. You've got Toronto minus 450. Holy mackerel. Uh, as home favorite, six the total in this one. I'm doing it here. I'm taking a small shot with SJ Sharkey. Uh, in this game at plus three, like they just beat this San Jose team in San Jose, perfect three and zero sweep of the California road trip. And I don't know off the top of my head, how many times Toronto has been the minus 300 or minus 400 favorite or higher, but I can rest assured and know that I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident this is accurate. I know in the last couple of years when they've been minus three or 400 home favorite, they've lost multiple times in this role. I know that for a fact, and I know they can be vulnerable and they can be there for the taking uh, when they are getting this, they are laying this kind of price here. Uh, And again, you look at this Toronto team feeling all great about themselves after everything's just hunky-dory right now in Toronto. It's sunshine and rainbows and lollipops and ice cream right now with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs after that great uh, 3-0 sweep in California. Uh, and now they play a team they just beat, you know, uh, four to one Saturday in San Jose. You've got bigger games coming up with the Islanders back in Long Island, where you know Tavares will get his, his ass booed again, like he always is uh, there. That's coming up on uh, Thursday. You've got uh, Colorado after that uh, coming to Toronto on uh, Saturday night uh, this weekend. And then you play a couple division games after that. Detroit's on the radar. Buffalo's on the radar. Boston's on the radar again. Tampa, the game with them coming up. This just feels like that for Toronto spit the bit spot. And we know they're capable of it. You know, that spot where they just lose uh, in this stunning fashion in a sterile environment on a Tuesday night at home with a wine and cheese crowd of Scotiabank arena. Uh, and here they are falling flat uh, in this game. And, uh, it just got that feel to it, in my opinion. So for that reason alone, I'm going to take a small small shot with San Jose here, plus 350 uh, in this one. I also lean to the over a little bit. I think this is one of those spots, too, where I know it was under in the game in San Jose, but back home, off the road trip, and see some sloppiness creep back into the Leafs' defensive game, which was very good on that road trip. I'll dare them to be good again tonight in this tricky, dubious spot here back home after that great road trip. So I think this could be a little bit more of a loose up and down type of game here tonight with the uh, Sharks uh, and the uh, Leafs. It's also going to be now it is San Jose. I get it. And, you know, maybe they're too inept to take advantage of it, but it is a back to back look for them uh, against Martin Jones. 
who's going to start once again for the Leafs tonight. So maybe it's a little bit more of an opportunity to do some better, bigger damage against him than just the one goal that uh, he allowed Saturday night uh, in San Jose. So San Jose plus 350 over six on both of those. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Sharks, Leafs? Yeah, you know, this is a, a crazy and goofy enough spot to, to jump on San Jose. Because, like I said, why are we, we trust the Leafs laying anything? You're talking about laying 220 in regulation or 230 in regulation. Like, is that, these are the spots that the Leafs lose, especially at home. Uh, so I would take a shot with the Sharks plus 350. I'd even dabble with the draw. I mean, it's rare that we're ever going to be able to try to hit a draw that's in the range of plus 470. Uh, yeah. and so it, why not? It, it's worth it. They're worth small sprinkles. These are not full yeah, unit, uh, shots by any, by any means, but, uh, crazier things have happened. So Leafs could win this game seven, nothing. They probably should. That means this game could easily be three, two sharks in overtime. So, um, just, just kind of going off the of numbers here, playing the sharks and playing the draw. This is just a case of I'm making this bet because I know this Leafs team and their profile and their profile is when things start to get rolling and they come back off some, some success, and they're at home in an early weeknight game early in the week against a really terrible hockey team, that's often where they've tripped up. So many occasions they've tripped up in this kind of spot. It's really remarkable, uncanny to think about it. Look at earlier this year, you know, Columbus. You know, I, I feel this is what it's going to be. I feel this could be 6-5 to five San Jose tonight in overtime, much like that Jackets game. Uh, or just recently in Toronto, where remember Columbus got maybe not the five nothing lead, maybe a little more back and forth than that, where Columbus had the five nothing lead and Toronto came back and tied at five five, and with that crazy third period comeback, this might be a little more back and forth to it than that. But that's what I feel. It's going to be a little bit loose, a little more of a track meet. Toronto a little, you know, off their game defensively. Martin Jones has to face a team for the second straight game. They have a better idea how to uh, beat them. Uh, and uh, better success as a result. Um, and, you know, obviously I think the Leafs can at least score as well. That kind of game. So uh, taking the shot and the draw, by the way, I have to actually take a small shot on the draw as well when I see the price, Alex, at FanDuel. It's plus 490 yeah. at FanDuel. Plus 500 at DraftKings. Yeah, we're closing in on 500 <laughs> with a draw in yeah. a very plausible draw scenario. You know, and I remember there was a game last year in Toronto, Alex, with Arizona. The Coyotes, it was a loss in overtime for Toronto at home, early week game against Arizona, and they were laying a huge price, and it was an overtime loss for Toronto. So that's why the Sharks, they're they're more live than plus 350. The draw to me is also more live than plus 500 would indicate. We're talking about a team that has gone to overtime in – over 40% of their games in the Toronto Maple Leafs at plus 500. That alone is, is worth the play. No other explanation needed. The team yeah. that's gone to overtime in virtually four out of every 10 games this season is getting plus 500 on the prop. Yeah. We've been doing this show for six years. We've been watching hockey collectively, Alex and I, for you know 30-plus years, probably 60-plus years if you combine the years together. Uh, and we've just, we've seen enough Toronto Maple Leafs over the years. Like, are, are we going to be that shocked that I'm going to be on here tomorrow with Ray Bryce when we recap the Tuesday games and we say, oh, there's a San Jose six to five win tonight in Toronto. We're going to be that shocked. Nope. <laughs> no, because they've done this just so many effing times uh, over the years in these home games early in the week against teams that you would have just assumed they will beat. And it just doesn't happen. So fascinating game. Now, the Neil, I do want to talk Nylander. Nylander just for a second, because this could be one of two ways. 
he either, he, you know, he wants to prove his worth immediately with the big money he got yesterday and he's a huge night. Or, you know, maybe it's a little letdown emotionally after signing the big contract and he maybe doesn't have a big productive offensive night tonight. And I know someone in the chat here, this is Bailey saying it's going to be the latter. He's going to have an emotional letdown, if you will, following the big money contract that he got yesterday uh, from the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So that's why the Nylander props are tough tonight. I could I could make a case that either could happen, you know, and uh, we'll see. But uh, plus, it's not a leaf spot, in my opinion, for their best effort, just because we've seen this crap for years from them uh, in these kind of scenarios. So fascinating. We'll come back tomorrow. We'll see if we were right as rain as usual with this Toronto Maple Leafs team as far as this game is concerned. Um, that being said, if we're dead wrong and they win like five to one tonight, I will I will say I, I'm even more impressed with Toronto for doing that. I don't think it's going to be that way because I never see it from this group, but I'd be that would be impressive to to beat bury that those three teams on the road in Cali, a San Jose team that you have no business being up for after just beating them again, coming back home off a long road trip and Willie getting the big bucks. And if they were to put the boots to San Jose, I'd say even though it's San Jose that's on the receiving end, Alex, it's one of their more impressive wins of the season. If it, if I don't know happen. about that. I wouldn't say impressive. That's what they're supposed to do. Coming yep. off of three wins against inferior opponents, you're supposed to go home and destroy San Jose. Yes. So, but because that, you don't, I'd say it's impressive that. because of the emotional flakes they can be in these spots in the past. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not gonna give them extra credit for doing what they're supposed to do. The the, the I, we're I expecting it. them to fail, and yeah. if they do what they're supposed to do, then okay, then all right, good win. That's two points. But I'm not. I'm not calling this an impressive win. I'm not giving them yeah. high watermarks for beating San Jose at home. That's what you're supposed yeah. to do. That's what you've done. Three, they've they've won three of the last four meetings against San Jose, and actually, when they're higher favorites in, in this in this series history, they've won. So they should win. I'm not gonna count. I'm definitely not gonna count it as an impressive win if they do if they do what they're supposed to do. Uh, it, now it'll be a great win for San Jose if, if this game doesn't even go to overtime and they just blow out Toronto, and then that's a disappointing loss. Yes. But but if, if you if Toronto wins five two, okay, that's what's supposed to happen. We, we're just going against the gradient. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, occupancy's got it right. It's very difficult to justify any team against any other team being almost minus 500 in this sport. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Bad bounce of the puck. I mean, penalties that you get into penalty trouble. There's an injury that happens. Uh, it's just there's too much hockey roulette, if you will, to, uh, in, in this sport in particular, to really ever feel comfortable when you're taking a favorite in this price range. All right, Vancouver Canucks, New York Islanders. We've got the Islanders minus 120 home favorites, uh, six and a half being the uh, total uh, here in this game. Um, Thank you, Vancouver. I love this team. I love backing them. There's no question. Uh, very happy to cash a nice plus 130 I was able to get as high as that price with the Canucks last night in that win against the Rangers. But it's not a great Canucks spot tonight. It's back-to-back. You're probably going to see Casey DeSmith uh, after it was uh, Thatcher Demko uh, last night. Um, so, you know, I don't think I'm going to go back to the well with the Canucks here uh, in this game. Ilya Sorokin confirmed for the uh, Islanders. And, you know, let's give the Islanders some credit. Uh, they were playing pretty well on that road trip there. Uh, they uh, had a, t- a tough loss to Colorado. Uh, they beat up Arizona 5-1. to one. Uh, They ran into a Vegas team that was ready uh, to stop the bleeding, and uh, Vegas took care of business against them 5-2 uh, to end that road trip for the Islanders. Now they're back home uh, here in this one. Uh, like I say, I expect Casey DeSmith to be uh, back uh, in the in between the pipes here for this uh, Canucks team tonight after we saw Demko last night 
at Madison Square Garden. There is some good news here for the uh, New York Islanders. We've talked about how for the longest time this year, they've been without Pellock and Pollock. Well, one of those two guys is back tonight, activated from long-term injured reserve, Adam Pellock, and he makes this team a lot better defensively. There's no question about that. Him and Pollock, who, who's still out, Ryan Pollock's still out. They're two of their best defensemen. So to get him back, it's significant here in this one, uh, no question. Um, you know, like I say, I had my win with Vancouver last night. I'm, I'm certainly not fading Vancouver, though, even though they're on this back-to-back on the road. I still think they're the better of these two teams. They're playing great. I, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they were to win again tonight, but I just don't want to back them at a worse price than I got yesterday in a less favorable spot, you know, as well. So uh, the only thing for me here is uh, I will take the draw here. It does feel that way. I think we've got that kind of game here uh, potentially with the uh, Canucks and the Islanders. We'll go back to uh, uh, draw Island here uh, in this one. Keep in mind, Vancouver beat the uh, Islanders 4-3 in overtime at home back in November. So we saw the earlier meeting this year go past regulation between the Canucks and the Islanders. So it's a draw bet for me. Uh, I grabbed over six uh, er, overnight with this game, and there's no sixes anymore. It's six and a half. Um, I still lean over at six and a half, but I like the six better. Um, You know, I certainly think we could see some offense here. We did see seven in the previous head-to-head meeting with the Canucks versus the Islanders earlier this year, but uh, I did, did like the six more. Uh, but I, I'll still endorse it at six and a half. Uh, and as far as uh, first period, both teams to score, I could see that as well. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Canucks, Islanders. Yeah, I'm on first period over. Uh, Caesars has a minus $1.30. And we've seen some crazy first periods with these two teams just kind of going back. Uh, February 9th, 2022, a 5-1 first period. Uh, March 10th, 2020, a 2-2 first period. Last two meetings, each going over uh, – the, the first period over saw 2-2 last year in February in the uh, meeting here in, in New York. So definitely seeing some uh, some some weird variants. Like I said, we see this a lot of times. And this is – have you noticed that this week in the schedule, there's been a lot of cross-conference matchups. So we've yep. seen a lot of these cross-conference. You've seen a lot of these road trips of going across the country. And it's, yep. le- and it's lending itself to – you've got teams that are arrested now or teams that are like said, starting these no, these new trips. And so they're coming out with, with a lot of energy. We're seeing a lot, of, a lot more offense than we did – say, you know, wrapping up the Christmas holiday, wrapping up the New Year holiday. So that's a good thing to see as far as for us playing overs. Uh, and you grab the six, that's a great job. I'll be looking to try to get a six or a five and a half in game. But I'm going with the first period looks, uh, both teams to score and first period over pregame. And I also have the draw as well. Got to do that with the Thailanders. And like I said, Vancouver, talk about impressive wins. Last night's win was very impressive. Going into Madison Square Garden, doubling up a, a good Rangers team. Like I said, now – Heading into to Elmont, a little bit kind of a not as hyped of, a, of an atmosphere in the second of back-to-backs. The Smith, I think this is a game that definitely could be kind of a sleepier, you know, lower pace uh, after the first period, and then it kind of just rolls right into overtime. So we'll go with the draw as well. I mean, it's Captain Obvious prop, but I'm, I'm I am liking Bo Horvat tonight against his old team. He did score against uh, Vancouver uh, earlier this season when they played in uh, Van City. So. Uh, definitely going to look toward Horvat tonight for them. Uh, for Vancouver, we've talked about how it's uh, di- it's different guys every night. Like we know Pedersen, Kuzmenko, Miller, Besser are big time, can chip in offensively, but they've also or can be the dominant players offensively. But don't forget about Suter and Lafferty and Garland and Mikheyev and some of these other forwards that are capable of stepping up on a nightly. Hoaglander 
uh, as um, uh, JF says in the uh, chat there. So yeah, no question that he definitely uh, uh, he's he's a, he's a streaky uh, goal scorer. Hoaglander. Hoaglander went through a little streak about a month, a month and a half ago. Then went cold again, and now all of a sudden he gets two goals last night. So that's the thing for Vancouver. It's a moving target with their player props. It could be a different guy that's making the difference uh, night in and night out. Uh, but definitely the standout prop choice for me for the Islanders tonight is Horvat. Uh, no question. He, and again, he did score uh, against Vancouver when he played against them uh, earlier this season. And yes, yeah, Simon Holmstrom too. I mean, I know he's only on the third line, but he has two points and a goal in the last three games. So uh, he's been uh, finding ways to make a difference as well for this uh, Islanders team. All right, Columbus, Winnipeg, the Red Hot Jets, minus 250 home favorites, 60 a total here in this one. Now, this is a bit of a, a bit of a dubious spot for the Jets. They're coming back home off a, obviously, a very successful road trip, uh, a three-game road trip. They won all three, San Jose, Anaheim, Arizona, uh, and outscored the competition 11-4. to uh, in those three games, that's now six wins in a row for the Jets, eight and one uh, in their last nine games. So they're playing outstanding. Um, this spot's a little interesting, though, because Columbus, Columbus has played a very difficult schedule. And I'm not trying to make excuses for them or trying to make it sound like they're this much better team. You are what your record says you are. They're obviously not a playoff team. They're not a great team. But they have faced a absolute gauntlet schedule wise here in the last month look at these games two with new jersey two three with toronto there's boston in there um there has been this has been a very very difficult month they've played a lot of good teams and they've held their own uh in these spots columbus lately um there's no question so uh you look at them lately during the even though they're two and six in their last eight games they lost an ot to washington they lost in OT to Jersey. They lost in OT to Buffalo. They lost in overtime to Minnesota. The Boston game was competitive. Uh, there's been they've been in a lot of games lately. The Jackets and I like the effort we're seeing from them. Um, and I think in this first period here, they might jump on Winnipeg. I mean, it's, that, that's that. Then we know all year Columbus has been better early in the games than later in the games. Their third period is horrendous. The the, the goal differential for the Jackets in the third period is awful. I'm going to take a small Columbus first period money line here uh, in this spot. It's just got all the makings of Winnipeg, maybe taking some time to get themselves dialed in and into this game, coming off a sweep in the road trip uh, against a Jackets team that's been very good early in games lately. Remember the Minnesota game the other night? Yes, they lost to the Wild, but they started that game well. Uh, and I could see that being the case here uh, with the Jackets here. A chance to win. I don't trust them for 60 minutes. Winnipeg's the better of these two teams by a mile. Uh, there's no question about that. But give me them in the first period to maybe take advantage of the Jets playing that first home period back after that very good road trip. What do you think here in this one, Alex? Columbus, Winnipeg. You go. Hear me? Okay. Yeah, so um, I like this first period over. And like you said, it's kind of looking at fading you know, Winnipeg back home early because you can't trust Columbus in a, in a full game spot. But I definitely have Winnipeg circled as a team uh, looking for either live money line, if they're down, you know, somewhere in the second period or beginning of third period, and maybe even third period, both teams to score. Uh, it's something I'll be, so this is definitely going to be a, a game that I'll be attacking live, but as far as pregame goes, I'm just going with that first period over. I can definitely see where Columbus could come out with a little bit of energy. And uh, someone mentioned in the chat about, you know, serious history. For some reason, the Jets have struggled 
uh, with the Blue Jackets losing four of the last five meetings and the one win they had, uh, they needed uh, to go past regulation for it. So, uh, except, you know, we get these these weird, you know, cross-conference matchups. Some teams, you know, for whatever reason, no matter how good or bad they are, they just don't match up that well. And maybe that uh, seems to be the case in this, this one. So first period over and then circling, trying to see maybe if the Jets have some life, they can find a way to, to, to scratch out a win late. Like I said, Columbus having the worst uh, third period goal differential in the league. That's something we can uh, try to capitalize on tonight. Yeah. I mean, the numbers for Tarasov, Daniil Tarasov, who's going to be in net tonight for Columbus, they're not spectacular, but he's faced a lot of shots. I mean, they give up a lot of rubber. I mean, just in the last three starts, he's faced 42, 41, and 37 shots. You know, and so, to yeah, he's given up nine goals, but you, you're facing a lot of shots in those three games combined. So uh, he's not been, you know, nearly as uh, bad. Uh, as his numbers indicate, based on the volume of shots he is uh, facing. So, you know, you're right. Columbus has been very good head to head against Winnipeg. I feel like I'm going to, I feel like I'm probably, because I do lean full game on Columbus, but I feel like the first period's the better look. So it's probably going to be like, it probably, maybe not even 80 20, maybe 90 to 10, the percentage split. 90% first period, 10% full game. I'm also going to get in on this draw. I have to, because we saw in Winnipeg the one game that the Jets beat. The Jackets in the last five meetings. It was four three in overtime. And Columbus is a too much of an overtime machine right now. Five of the last six games. I mean, it's unbelievable. Five of the last six Jackets games have gone past regulation. So it's going to be a little draw for a bet for me as well here with the uh, Jackets and the uh, Jets tonight. And again, you can get plus 400 at FanDuel for the draw here in this game. Another great price. If you hit one of these draws that are like plus 400 or uh, plus 490, you know, like it is in the uh, San Jose uh, Toronto game, uh, it's going to be a hell of a night if yeah. we even just hit one of those. <laughs> and that's what we're uh, aiming for. Uh, no question about that. All right. Anaheim, Nashville. Uh, we've got the uh, Predators minus 230 home favorites. Uh, the total in this one currently uh, looks like right now six and a half is what we're looking at here with the uh, total. Uh, Nashville, um, you know, they're, they're going along at a nice clip 12 and 10 at home. Uh, playing some pretty good hockey overall. They've won three of the last four. Very good win at Dallas uh, in their last game. Uh, and they'll be trying to make amends for their last home game where they got beat by Calgary by a score of uh, six to three. We'll see if that can carry over here into this game against uh, Anaheim. Uh, we have definitely seen uh, our share of, uh, we've actually seen our share of high scoring games with these uh, two teams. Pretty crazy to see that. Uh, We've seen uh, overs in three of the last five, including a couple 6-1, 6-3, games. It is worth noting uh, Anaheim beat Nashville back in November here in Nashville. Uh, 3-2 to two is a, a big dog going into this game. Um, I feel bad for Anaheim right now is that, you know, they're – They've been not as bad recently the last few games as their record indicates. Uh, since the 7-2 shellacking against Edmonton, you know, they took Toronto to overtime, although that was the heroics of Lucas Dostal that got it that far. Uh, they were competitive in a 3-1 loss to a very good Winnipeg Jets team. 2-2 uh, with Detroit, and the Red Wings win it in the final minute, just before the final minute, so 3-2 uh, there. Um they're playing better, and I could see them hanging around in this game, but I'm not sure I trust them enough to back them. Lean Anaheim, but lean only. What do you think here, Alex? Ducks versus Predators. Yeah, I'm just looking around. There's some sixes still available. Uh, so if you can grab a you know minus one twenty with a six, that that's fine. But otherwise, I would just look to try to grab uh, the over uh, in game. So maybe a five and a half. 
even though I have a six minus one twenty and grab that MGM, I still might grab a five and a half and laying a dollar thirty and a dollar thirty five in game in this contest. Like I said, we've seen some high scoring. And uh, I would like to back Nashville in this spot because Nashville just, like I said, with, with seeing with the history, they've uh, you know played them very tight, won six of the last seven meetings, even though Anaheim won the very last meeting. Uh, but this price just completely boxes me out. I'm not laying a dollar forty, dollar forty five to dollar fifty in regulation, especially when we've seen two of the last four meetings between these two teams go past regulation. So uh, looking for something in game with the over if we can't get a six, uh, you know, pregame. So just overlook nothing on the sides. Yeah, I'll look at a live over at some point. And the, the the main thing I like pregame in this one is you know what you know what at this point it's the Gus Bus, it's Gustav Nyquist, of course, uh, for the uh, Nashville Predators. Uh, just been absolutely uh, remarkable during this run. Uh, he's put together eight game point streak, four goals in the last five games, uh, and uh, five goals in the last six games for him as well. So uh, we cashed a recent bargain bin special of the night uh, ticket with uh, Gustav Nyquist as well. So. Uh, definitely going to go back to the uh, Nyquist well uh, here in this matchup with the uh, Predators and the Ducks tonight. If I were to look at anyone on Anaheim as far as props go, obviously Zegers had a two-goal game against Detroit. Uh, he's playing with Henrique. Troy Terry is back for Anaheim. That is significant uh, going into this game. Gibson's day-to-day, so we'll see. They haven't ruled out he, that him being available to start tonight, but if it's not him, it'll be Dostal uh, once again. Um, but definitely keep an eye on it. That's big that uh, they're getting Troy Terry back uh, from uh, injury uh, here tonight for the uh, for the Anaheim Ducks. So we'll see. And it's very interesting the the talk about Soros. It's a good point. Someone in the chat saying a little overworked, maybe lately. You see Soros. Well, you know they've given him uh, some time to get his bearings, collect his bearings, collect a breather. Uh, they didn't start him against Dallas, and they were still able to win. But you're right. Though, there's been some. There's been three of the last four starts for Soros where he's given up five goals. So this has been a bit of a bump in the road for him. He's had a very good season overall, but now he's been rested. Let's see if he can bounce back and get back on track. And he was pulled, I believe, in that Calgary game too. Uh, the uh, actually no, he no he did he didn't finish that game. He gave up the five goals and he didn't come back out for the third period. So. This will be his first start since getting pulled in that loss to Calgary. So, and he's had some rest. So, it's got the makings of a of a spot for Soros to bounce back and play well. But we'll have to see it because you're right; he has had some struggles here uh, the last few starts. All right, Florida, St. Louis. Uh, next up, we've got the Panthers minus one ninety road favorites, six the total in this one. Uh, the Panthers have been a nice little profit producer for yours truly lately. We've been on them multiple times. We took them against Vegas. Uh, they got it done in dominating fashion. We took them against Colorado in that showdown with the Avs on Saturday afternoon, and they raced out to a 3-0 lead uh, and then ended up winning going away 8-4. But, as and here's the thing with Florida for me. Um, don't want to go against them right now. They're playing too well, but this is not a Panther spot, not the greatest Panther spot. They're off those two big wins, monster wins, against the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche, beating the last two Stanley Cup champions back-to-back. Now you go on the road here and you face the Blues. I mean, it's got that it's got that making of just a, after those two wins, this team not bringing it to that degree like we saw in the last two games. That being said, the you know, one thing I will say about Florida here, too, about I don't trust them, certainly not in this price range, minus 190, in this spot after maybe their two of their biggest wins of the season. But they're rolling along too nicely. I also don't want to fade them. 
And I do want to point out something that maybe gets their attention for St. Louis. Maybe they are dialed in for St. Louis because they lost at home to St. Louis just recently, uh, four to one. It was one of the first games when uh, Dean Drew Bannister, I should say, took over. And uh, Blues got the four to one win uh, in that game. Um, you know, honestly, Florida probably played better than a four one loss would indicate. They outshot St. Louis 38 24, but they ran into Joel Hofer, who's had a couple of really nice starts lately. And no surprise here that he's in net for the Blues tonight, considering how well he played uh, in that victory against Florida. And he also played well against Dallas when they beat the Stars 2 to 1. So he had a couple of really good starts. He did lose his last start against Pittsburgh on the road. They lost 4-2. He gave up three goals in that game. But still, Joel Hofer's been pretty good in his recent starts. Uh, and they, of course, Florida, are going to go with Anthony Stolarz. Now, before you start saying, oh, no Bobrovsky, uh, they're going with Anthony Stolarz here. He's been he's been solid. Look at his numbers this year: five and three, two point zero five goals against, nine eighteen save percentage for Stolars going into this game. So this team's just all over the place. I don't want Florida in this price range. I don't want them in this spot after Vegas and Colorado, those back to back wins. But I also understand that they're playing too well. I also don't want to fade them, and they lost to St. Louis at home. So that's got in the back of my mind, me thinking that they're going to give the Blues you know, more focused than maybe they otherwise would. So like I said, I'm all over the place here with this game. Uh, same thing with the total. I could see it going over. I could see it staying under based on the Stolars and Hofer numbers being pretty good lately. So all over the map, I'm just going to probably leave it alone for now. What do you think here? Panthers blues. Yeah, this is a tricky game for the side. It's a tricky game for the total, but definitely going with the draw. Three of the last five meetings have gone past regulation. And like I said, we've seen some uh, very high scoring between these two clubs. So, yeah, it's, it's weird variance with that total number. Like I said, six is a, is a good number. But it could, I could easily see this one being tied at two or tied at four <laughs> going uh, into overtime. So I'm just going to be playing the draw at plus three fifty. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, the draw I could see. Uh, it's a solid draw spot. I might even put a couple shekels on that myself. And then as far as uh, props here in this uh, game, uh, we've talked about, you know, mostly it's been neighbors. It's been, uh, you know, Cairo's been very good on the St. Louis side since the coaching change. I mean, for Florida, I mean, Verhage, Kachuk, Reinhardt, Bennett, uh, they've all been a, a spectacular. And it seems to be uh, the reason why they've had this incredible stretch of games in hockey, Florida, is because they're big guns and all their best players are playing like it right now for them. So uh, we'll see if they can uh, continue that momentum here tonight against St. Louis. All right, next up, we've got Edmonton taking on Chicago, the uh, AHL version of the uh, Chicago Blackhawks right now. Even though that AHL version of the Blackhawks were able to get a victory against Calgary uh, on Sunday, very impressive effort. Can they duplicate that, though, against the absolutely surging Edmonton Oilers? We'll have to wait and see. Uh Minus 440, Oilers is road favorite, six and a half being the total. You know, the one thing I noticed about Chicago uh, in the game against Calgary and with all these new faces in the lineup, very disjointed defensively, and Calgary was just too inept to take advantage of it. That being said, the work ethic was off the charts. I, th I thought offensively they created a lot. It's amazing they did with no Connor Bedard who obviously stirs the drink for them offensively. Nick Foligno out. You know, you've got a couple of other game breakers up front. Tyler Johnson, Taylor Radish, uh, Tennessee who hasn't played all year. I mean, you go on down the list of who's been out for Chicago, and they were still able to really forecheck and make 
cause havoc and generate. And Beauvillier now on IR too. And Taylor Hall, I mean, goes on and on. Uh, and yet they were still able to generate offense and chances and ultimately goals, you know, to beat Calgary. And I know for Calgary, you know, they were at the end of a road trip. They looked a little tired uh, in that game. But you got to give Chicago some credit for that. This is a TV game. This is ESPN Plus. Uh, Bob Wischusen and Ray Ferraro tonight for the call. Um, you know, and it's Edmonton coming to town. So I think the work ethic is going to be there for Chicago. But it's one thing to bring the work ethic with this patchwork AHL-type roster they've got, especially up front, and beating a Calgary team that's kind of up and down at the end of the road trip in a tough spot, and then trying to beat a, a an Edmonton team that's absolutely firing on all cylinders right now. And they are, make no mistake about it. Seven straight wins. Both ends of the ice are in great form right now. They're scoring goals in bunches again, Edmonton. Power play is heating up. And, you know, Skinner uh, in net. And the defensive play has been much better lately for this Oilers team as well. Uh, Skinner and Morozik, by the way, already confirmed uh, as the uh, uh, as the goaltending battle here uh, in this uh, Edmonton and Chicago game. Um, I definitely think, and look, um, you mentioned the first period over uh, with Calgary and Chicago. I think it's probably worth a look here in this game, 100%. Uh, the first period over at the very least here with the uh, Blackhawks and the Oilers. It's also been a very high-scoring series history. Four of the last five meetings have gone over the total, including each of the last three here in the Windy City, 4-3-6-5-5-4, the final scores of the last three head-to-head meetings here in Chicago. So I like the full game over a little bit too, but I get the feeling especially early, you know, is when we could see the goals flying. Remember, they played earlier in Edmonton this year. Now, again, that was a healthier forward group for Chicago with Bedard in the lineup. I get all of that. But we saw three goals in the first period of that game in Edmonton earlier this year with the Blackhawks and the Oilers. So I like the overs in this game, but this is one where I gravitate a little more earlier in the game than later in the game with that first period over here uh, in this one. Now, keep in mind the juice is uh, not the best here this could be one of those deals where maybe you wait for something live and take your shot on a scoreless first few minutes get a better live number with a first period or full game over you are talking minus 165 here with this price um and that that's something to consider but definitely think we'll see goals early hell you could even go with over two and a half first period if you feel uh that we could really get to that three goals we saw in the first period of the previous meeting with these two teams so a lot of different ways you can go about it, but goals, especially early, it's kind of my thinking here. What do you think, Alex, Edmonton, Chicago? Yeah, I would look for a first period over, but in-game, uh, try and get something at a dollar thirty or better. So that's only going to you know, require you to wait maybe two or three minutes, uh, and I think we should be able to get that. Obviously, there's no, no side I like here. Hawks plus 340, that was a great effort against Calgary, but this is Edmonton. Edmonton and Calgary are are worlds apart right now as far as the hockey teams go and Edmonton's rolling. Uh, Edmonton's also won the last four meetings and, and decisively. So this could get, this game could get ugly. This is what we thought we were going to see with Chicago Calgary on Sunday. I think we do see uh, with this game tonight, Edmonton should be able to kind of name their score here. So um, you can maybe look for Edmonton team total over four and a half, but I'm not even going to sprinkle that. I, I have a player prop for Edmonton that I like, and I'll be talking about a little bit later on, but I will be looking for a first period over, waiting a couple minutes to try and grab, like I said, we're not waiting for plus money. You're just trying to lay a little bit better of a number. So anything dollar thirty or better, that's, that's about on fire. Yeah, no doubt. And if you look at, again, why is Edmonton rolling? Well, again, let's, first of all, we have to acknowledge the uh, contributions of Skinner. Skinner and Nat has been a lot better. He's really put aside his struggles early on, 
uh, this season, and he's been obviously much better uh, in recent games for the um, uh, Edmonton Oilers. And then it's offensively, where it's you know Connor McDavid, uh, who's just on fire right now as far as point production is concerned. He's been absolutely uh, outstanding uh, of late. Leon Dreisaitl has been getting it rolling, and he's actually got four goals in the last five games. Zach Hyman, man. Uh, hat trick against Ottawa can't be stopped right now. So whatever Zach Hyman props you want, goal, assist, and especially over one and a half points with him right now, that's what you got to roll with too for Edmonton. He's been on fire. Uh, yeah, Nugent Hopkins don't look now. He has suddenly six points in the last five games. Uh, you, you look at Evan Bouchard. He's got three points, three assists in the Ottawa win. Uh, seven points in the last five games. And don't sleep on those depth forwards. We've talked about this. They've contributed a lot lately as well since the coaching change. Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogle uh, in particular. I could see one or both of them finding the back of the net tonight. And then on the Chicago side, you know, we talked about how he's getting a, a chance now and he's going to get an even greater chance to make an impact and he's doing making the most of it. And he's been ticked off with every team basically, you know, discarding him like a piece of trash in the past. And that's Colin Blackwell. And you can get upwards of plus 425 to plus 450 for him to score a goal tonight, which is, you know, outstanding value considering what we have seen from him uh, in the past. Uh, it looks like, too, Radish and Kurt Radish is back tonight, which is good. At least they got someone returning from injury, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. He's going to be on the uh, top line. Again, we'll see. I mean, the work ethic was there against Calgary, so maybe they can chip in a few goals. And if they do, you know, Radish at plus 375 is not a bad candidate. Kurashev's going to be centering the top line. I don't love the price for him, and he's too inconsistent for my liking. And it looks like Rem Pitlick is also, believe it or not, going to be on the top line, according to these latest line combos. we got a Rem Pitlick, Philip Kurashev, Taylor Radish, top line uh, as of right now for Chicago. Plus 700, though, for Pitlick. My goodness. I mean, he's on the top line. Why not? A couple bucks. Why not? Uh, given that his... Uh, uh, position in the uh, lineup tonight. Top line player for plus 700. Now it is Rem Pitlick. Okay, I get it. But got to sprinkle on that when I see it. Just even if it's just a few bucks on that. Uh, got to look at a price like that for anyone playing on a top line. Uh, it could be my next door neighbor playing on a top line for an NHL team <laughs> uh, at that price. I'd probably still have to uh, bet that. All right, but, Ottawa and Calgary. Saying, and, and here's one thing. You can't really, uh, you know, poo-poo on him too much. He was the leading scorer for Wilkes-Barre Scranton, had eight goals and 16 points. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe he's found that corner right now. Maybe you know, he like Colin Blackwell. Maybe he, now that he's getting a chance to be a top-line guy, right? Here's your opportunity to, to be, you know, the guy right now. Can you do it? So, maybe, maybe yeah. he steps up. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna be featured. He's going to get that top-line yeah. role, top-line minutes, no question. And uh, – JF in the chat says Pitlick can score. Remember him in Montreal. So uh, there you have it. Uh, definitely. Um, and again, plus 700. Yeah, got to take that. Uh, and Because because you know damn well if he scores and you don't bet it, you're going to be pissed. Yeah, there's no doubt. And uh, so that's what I'm going to look at. Rem Pitlick plus 700. All right, Ottawa-Calgary. We've got Calgary minus 130. Home favorite, six and a half the total in this one. That is the one good thing, by the way, about all kinds of injuries for a forward group for a particular team. It does open the door for tons of bargain bin player prop value. You know, and you are seeing that on the Chicago side. Now, hopefully they can cash in on some of those opportunities. All right, we got Calgary minus 130, home favorite, six and a half the total. Impossible game. I mean, I don't want Calgary off a long road trip back home. Tricky spot, but I'm, I don't want Ottawa. Not right now. They're just not finding ways to win. 
Uh, it's they need to get home Ottawa and get practices and mul- they need the, a long homestand. It feels like they've been on the road forever. I mean, this is ridiculous at this point. They had the long road trip through, you know, Vegas, Arizona, Colorado, out west. They come back home for one game against Pittsburgh. They go to Toronto and they have just two games at home and then they're back on the road here: Vancouver, Seattle, Edmonton, Calgary. Then they're in Buffalo and then they finally have a long homestand after that. It's not going to be until they get that long homestand starting next week that, you know, and Martin gets practices galore and time to, you know, get the system implemented that I'm going to be interested in Ottawa because I just think, you know, and even then we got to see some signs of improvement from them with those practices and on that homestand. Until then, I can't back them. Just can't. But for Calgary, you're talking about a team that's off a very long uh, road trip. It's a dubious spot there for the Flames right now going into this matchup. Um, it's really, really just all, all a tough game here. It's two sides that are, I think are in spots I don't trust them in. Ottawa, just they're not winning. Calgary, you know, at the end of that four-game road trip, don't necessarily love this situation for them either. Um, you look at the head-to-head series. Calgary's actually won three of the uh, – they've actually split the last six meetings, three and three apiece. Um, we'll see if that continues here. Uh, Calgary's won two of the last three head-to-head meetings between uh, these two teams. It looks like as far as goaltending tonight, Corpusalo and Markstrom. God, Corpusalo's had a tough time, and it's unfortunate. You know, this is a guy that I thought toward the end of his time with Columbus, he was playing well. I thought he was playing solid for L.A., but it's been a tough year for him. I mean, 7-13, and 3.60 goals against average, 889 save percentage. Uh, in his past nine starts, he's 1-8. and eight. 36 goals allowed on 271 shots during that span. It's not what you want to see. I mean, I lean over. I lean a little to a Calgary team. I'll say this. If you like Calgary, take the team total over. Because it's and my guess would be if Calgary wins this game, they've got a good chance to score at least four goals. So if you like Calgary, just take the team total over three and a half at plus money, by the way, rather than the uh, minus 130. Uh, mild lean to that, but... Uh, a very, very uh, tricky game because I've got a team that ain't any good and not winning right now with Ottawa and a team that's just in a dubious spot laying a price like Calgary. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Ottawa, Calgary. I may grab both teams in the first period, but that's really nice. I can't bring myself to bet either side. And I don't think this total at six and a half. And uh, with a bunch of other stuff already in place, it's, it's, a, it's a bigger card for me tonight. So it's more like just be a full pass. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. How about first period, both teams to score is not bad. Actually, that makes sense when you think about it. Ottawa, you know, desperate at this point to try to get some kind of good positive vibes and a victory on the board. So you'd expect them to be, you know, in theory ready from the start of the game, although that hasn't always been the case. And Calgary, you know, too, coming off the road trip, maybe a little, not not flat, but, you know, sloppy with the puck. You know what I mean? And a lot of teams I yeah. find can be sloppy defensively when they're back home after a pretty lengthy roadie, and we could see that. So, Maybe both teams can't find the back of the net in this opening period here with uh, Ottawa and uh, Calgary tonight. Even then, it's not the most uh, attractive price. I'm saying about on no. line, plus one forty, plus one fifty. So it's it's right on that on that kind of cut cut range. So if you want to bet something on the game, that's the only thing I, I can really endorse. And I'll just throw out a couple prop candidates. Maybe I'll get in for a, f- a few bucks on some of these. Hubert O'Sharon Govich uh, and uh, Mangiapane and Coleman for Calgary. Those have been pretty good for them lately, those four guys. Uh, on the Ottawa side of the equation, like I say, it's been a little bit more sporadic uh, lately from them. But I do want to point out there's a returning Matthew Joseph off the IR, back in the lineup tonight for Ottawa, returning from injuries, been out since December 15th. 
Matthew Joseph's going on the top line tonight. All right, so that is absolutely going to make my player prop card, looking at a goal prop for him tonight, getting up to that top line and playing alongside uh, that uh, top line with Kachuk and Norris. And those are two obviously very good players he's with tonight, uh, Brady Kachuk. And, yeah, Drake Batherson does, has a good track record against Calgary. He's the other one I would mention. But if you're looking for primary, the premium value tonight, definitely coming back from injury, getting the top line opportunity. It's Matthew uh, Joseph for Ottawa, plus 480 by the way, at FanDuel for him to score tonight for a guy on the top line. Absolutely, that's good value. All right, next up, it's our final game of this Tuesday card. Boston Bruins, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Bruins back-to-back after the win in Colorado last night. Uh, they are minus 150 uh, road favorites in this game. Uh, the total here currently sitting at uh, six shaded to the under. Uh, we expect Linus Allmark will get the start tonight since it was Swayman last night uh, in the victory uh, against uh, Colorado. Um, obviously, tricky spot for Boston and a big win, in a, uh, or they, not a big win. They lost in a shootout 4 3, but they are off a loss. So maybe the focus is there for Arizona. And to be honest, you know, Arizona's hit a finally a, a speed bump here at home. Uh, they have lost three straight home games on this current homestand, and they have one more coming up against Calgary, but they lose to the Panthers, the Islanders, and the Jets. Uh, in each of their last three home games. The offense has cooled off. They've only scored four uh, goals, uh, Arizona, uh, during this three-game homestand so far. We'll see if they can turn that around. But as we've talked about yesterday and in our recap, Boston's kind of an over team at the moment. Now, I don't expect this to last indefinitely, but right now they're scoring goals and they're having a little bit of a tougher time, you know, keeping the puck out of their own net. And then you look at the series history here with Boston versus Arizona. Uh, since the beginning of last year, three head-to-head -head meetings, three overs, 6-3, 4-3, 5-3. three games ending up over the total. Like I said, Allmark for Boston, Connor Ingram for Arizona, who's obviously had a very good season overall uh, for them. No question about that. But two of his last three starts have not been of the better variety. Gives up four to Colorado. They lose 4-1. Five goals to the Islanders for Connor Ingram in his last start losing a 5-1 in that game. I definitely don't want Boston in this spot on the road back-to-back -back after the Colorado game last night, which was an intense, very high-paced affair with the uh, Bruins and the Avs. But I don't know if I trust Arizona's form right now enough. I'm going to stick to the total here uh, in this game. And at FanDuel, there's over 5.5 minus 130. At points bet, there's over 5.5 minus 125. So you get really good prices in a rare 5.5, and, and I'm going to take that here in this game. Alex, uh, Bruins, Coyotes. Yeah, I got five and over five and a half minus $1.20 this morning at Betty Gym. I was stunned to see that. I grabbed that along with the first period over, which has cashed in nine of the last 11 meetings, five straight meetings as well. We've seen uh, that first period over cash in. Uh, those are the two plays that I really like here a lot. Now, as far as side goes, I would have to look at Boston in regulation. 20 and one that that's hard to, to especially when you look at the fact that the last time they played at Mullen arena that ended the 19 game run that they had overall uh, of winning against uh, uh Arizona so I think it was a shocker too it was right in the late in regulation I remember that game and they yeah. got badly outplayed actually uh Arizona in that game but still won yeah so that's definitely one of those uh things I think you know that Bruins uh core might remember from last year being in this building I can definitely see where Boston maybe gets a win here. So maybe I'll look at Boston live, maybe try to get something uh, in game at a, at a better price. Uh, Cause like I said, regulation is still a little dicey. 
or I could see this one maybe, you know, finding its way creeping into OT potentially. So I will be trying to look for something Bruins live in game, but I'm doing with first period and uh, full game overs. Like I say, I got that five and a half. I like it all the way up to a dollar thirty. If you see five and a half, uh, you know, or you see sixes now, wait and try to grab a six down to a five and a half at a better price in game. Uh, with a one and a half, grab that now at, at minus a dollar twenty to a dollar thirty. Obviously, you can wait and grab a little bit more. Only need to wait about a couple minutes for that to turn to plus money as well. So. Yeah, I lean Arizona. I do, but I just uh, I don't like the form. And at Boston law at Boston won last night. Maybe I'd feel I'd, I'd I'd pull the trigger with the Coyotes tonight. But with Boston losing last night, uh, I'm staying off Arizona. Lean that way, but not enough to uh, want to bet it here. Uh, and they just have not been good here these last three home games, and that concerns me as well. I just stick into the total here, five and a half with the way Boston's going and with the series history. I feel that's the better bet uh, in this game. There are some good prop bets for this game. Morgan Geeky for Boston. Um, Trent Frederick, he didn't score last night, but he's still been in good form. Yeah, Zaka had a bunch of chances. Don't mind uh, uh, looking toward his direction as well uh, either tonight for Boston. Uh, and then on the Arizona side of the equation, look, be careful with uh, Arizona props right now is obviously they've had a little bit of a trickier time finding the uh, back of the net. But we mentioned Dylan against Winnipeg prior to that. And sure enough, he's the one that got their only goal. Actually, one of their two goals, I should say. They scored twice in that game against the uh, Jets. So keep that in mind. He was one of the ones that got rolling for uh, Arizona. And we know he's got that skill and that ability uh, up front. So uh, Dylan Gunther, I think, is probably worth a look once again tonight for the uh, Arizona Coyotes in this game to be able to find the uh, back of the net. So, uh, again, you get upwards of plus 400 uh, in some books with uh, Gunther to score a goal. So definitely uh, interested uh, in that uh, here tonight in this game. All right, that is the card. Uh, shout out to everyone, obviously, uh, in the uh, chat. Uh, make sure you hit the like button uh, on the uh, way out. We ap- appreciate it very much. Uh, and uh, again, we've got a big Tuesday card. We've got, of course, our BetCast coming up as well uh, in about a week from now. And we're really much uh, looking forward to that. Uh, so good stuff indeed with the uh, BetCast coming up uh, as well. Uh, and uh, looking forward to that. Is, is my sound going all over the yeah, place? It, it, yeah, spin? a little bit. It's been, it's been kind of chippy a little bit last minute or two. Kind of chippy? Okay. Good. How yeah. about now? Any better? It's good now. Okay, very good. Hopefully, Dylan Gunther, if you didn't understand or couldn't hear all of what I was saying just a moment ago, we're going back to the well with his props. Again, we mentioned him prior to the Winnipeg game. He was able to get on the board uh, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes in that game. Uh, Gave them a little bit of a jolt offensively. So I think you go back to the well with uh, Dylan Gunther tonight again for Arizona. uh, He's the clear choice for me as far as value uh, with the uh, goal prop for uh, Arizona tonight. And uh, like I said, it's not a team that's been scoring goals in bunches here on this homestand, but uh, definitely if, if I'm trusting someone to score tonight for Arizona, it would be him. And certainly the values there, the price is there for sure to maybe look in that direction with uh, Dylan Gunther tonight in this game. All right, there we go. Uh, and again, hit the like button. 300 live viewers. We've hit 300. That's awesome. Hit the like button. Patreon.com slash ice guys, $10 a month. Make sure you sign up there. Our daily cards, sides, totals, player props posted there. Goalie charts, totals, charts, and more bonus exclusive content available. Patreon.com slash ice guys are exclusive. First ever Patreon exclusive live betcast coming late in January. We're looking forward to that. The date is a secret. I know it. Alex knows it. 
Nobody else knows it. What we're going to do is the day of that surprise exclusive live BetCast on Patreon, we will post the link for the BetCast who are on the Patreon page for the members, and they will be able to tune in and also join us live on the BetCast that night. So stay tuned for that. It's coming up in late uh, January. And, of course, our other BetCast, our main primary January BetCast, is a week from tonight, next Tuesday, January 16th, 7 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you join us for that. Looking forward to that for sure. And again, sign up $10 a month. It helps ensure that this show lasts for many years to come. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys, just $10 a month. And check out the store as well and get yourself some gear. IceGuys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, definitely check out the store. I've got some uh, new merch that's coming too. Today I'm wearing the shout out to Grand Seven Saloon. Uh, Give me the hoodie last night. But uh, my draw season hoodie will be here tomorrow. So I'll definitely be uh, unveiling that for you guys. You can grab your own right now at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, bargain bin special of the night. Alex, what do you got? Yeah, so we're going to the West Side of Chicago, taking a look at that Hawks and Oilers game. And it's going to be an ugly one. It's on ESPN+. Plus. My mom's not even going to be able to watch it, and that's probably a good thing because it just piss her off. Edmonton's going to get uh, you know ahead of this one and hurry. And one of the players I like to get the first goal of the game is one Connor McDavid. Now, the whole reason why this game's on ESPN+, Plus is supposed to be a battle of Connors. McDavid versus Bedard. Of course, Bedard's not there with the broken jaw. But McDavid will be there, and uh, I think he's going to be leading the charge there with Edmonton. So at plus 850, Give me uh, number 97 to score the first goal of the game here for Edmonton against Chicago. All right, Connor McDavid to get the first goal of the game uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, what was the price on that? Plus 850 at FanDuel. Plus 850. There you go. So the bargain bin special. First goal of the game, Oilers-Blackhawks, Connor McDavid for Alex B. Smith with his bargain bin special tonight. My bargain bin comes from the exact same game, and it's actually a Blackhawk. I got to do it with Colin Blackwell. I just see a Batano. Plus 530 for him to score a goal tonight with what he has done the last few games with obviously the great quote after the Calgary game, talking about how he's sick of you know being passed over and teams bailing on him, teams not re-signing him, uh, and he wants to play, you know, prove everyone wrong that he can be a bona fide day-in, day-out contributor at the NHL level, uh, and he plays with that chip on his shoulder, as he called it. Uh, that's a great price for someone that's clearly, A, going to get an opportunity because of all the injuries up front, and B is making the most of it here these last couple games. So Colin Blackwell for the Chicago Blackhawks, plus 530 at Patano for my bargain bin special of the night for this Tuesday card. Best bets, uh, Alex, uh, what do you like here for uh, best bet tonight? Yeah, we're going with that late night game in the desert. Uh, Boston and Arizona give me the first period over one and a half minus a dollar twenty. That is cash in five straight meetings, nine of the last eleven meetings as well. Uh, and, and you know Boston's been on this hot offensive run. They've had three games in a row go over, uh, fly over the first period total. So at one and a half minus a dollar twenty, we'll go Bruins Coyotes. My best bet for this big Tuesday. All right, there you go, Bruins Coyotes over one and a half first period. Uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith in this one. Uh, my best bet, we'll try to uh, keep it rolling here after uh, Colorado and um, Boston goes over the total last night to cash the best bet in that game. Uh, for my best bet tonight, I just get that feeling when it comes to uh, San Jose and Toronto, we're going to see ourselves some goals here tonight. Now, I think the Sharks are going to be potentially pulling the upset. We know Toronto in these spots can be play down to their opponent. So um, I think this is a spot, you know, I'm, I like San Jose in the draw in this game as well for a split bet. But for the best bet on this show, I'm going to go with that total. 
uh, over six minus 125. I know it stayed under in San Jose, but coming off the road trip, I could see Toronto having a little bit of their typical at home against a weaker team all over the map defensive effort, kind of like the Columbus game at home weeks ago where it was six to five in overtime for Columbus, that kind of a game up and down, not the best effort from Toronto defensively. San Jose can find the back of the net, seeing Jones a second time in a row. But I also think obviously the Leafs able to find the back of the net themselves as well. So Sharks, Leafs over six. Uh, for my best bet for this Tuesday card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday. It'll be me and Ray Bryce joining us again. Check in with Ray tomorrow on the Wednesday edition of the Ice Guys. Mm-hmm.